0: Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with Victor Salvo, co-founder and executive director of the Legacy Project in Chicago. The Legacy Project would have been celebrating its 10th anniversary this summer, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the plans for this year's celebration and the project's other activities, including the Legacy Walk and the Legacy Wall, have been changed. Today, Victor will share what's ahead for the project as it enters its second decade, how it's been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and how individuals can visit and support the Legacy Project and walk in Chicago. Chicago's Legacy Project illuminates and affirms the lives of LGBTQ people to honor their experiences and accomplishments, to collect and preserve their contributions to world history and culture, to educate and inspire the public and young people, and to assure an inclusive and equitable future. If you missed part one last week, you can listen to the archived interview on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher. And now, back to our conversation with Victor Salvo.
1: You know what? I mean, I think that so many of the things, you know, like I said, I know, Mina, I've met Walter Nagel. He's talked about what it meant to, you know, to have it here. I've seen this. This I know, you said you have big plans for this year. Um, the work goes on. What were the plans for this year and how are you, What? how are you? rescheduling or sort of reshuffling the debt to celebrate where you've come to the point that you're at now and where do you want to go in the future
2: well um, yeah this being our 10th anniversary year we really had you know big plans Um, 2019 Um, The previous year was a banner year for us. Not only did we succeed in in helping get past the um, LGBT inclusive education mandate that will require all elementary public schools to include LGBT contributions to history in all education, beginning with the next school term, Um, we're currently currently actually writing that curriculum. Um, And that's a a fairly heavy lift, as you can imagine. Um, Fortunately, Mm -hmm. we've been working... In the education sphere since 2013, um, we have the largest collection of um, uh, sort of LGBT-centric biographical lesson plans already, Uh, Mm -hmm. so we're now in the process of of fusing those with other lesson plans from other organizations um, into a a searchable database to allow teachers to be able to access um, teaching tools for free to, um, to make existing curriculum inclusive. So it's not so much writing an inclusive curriculum as it is about making the existing curriculum inclusive. Plus the Legacy Walk, which we've been talking about, was declared a landmark, a historic landmark mm-hmm. in 2019. And um, and that was really important. Um, it was a game changer for us. It, prim- it kind of put us on a lot of philanthropic maps for the first time um, because we've been sort of looked at as like a local phenomenon but the reason why the landmark status um, matters because it's the largest parcel of land that's ever been because it it, you know the walk takes up it's a multi-acre site and the entire site Um, was declared a historic landmark and it's the only time that's ever happened anywhere in the world. Um, there Mm -hmm. are a lot of gay historic sites, but they're, they're localized as like a single person's home or something like that, whereas this is an entire stretch that covers the neighborhood. Um, so we were looking to 2020 as being able to build on that. Um, we haven't really talked about the Legacy Wall, which is our traveling installation. The Legacy Wall debuted in 2015, um, and it is a gigantic trade show-sized um, uh, curved serpentine wall. It's 24 feet long and 8 feet high. It has 400 square feet of content, roughly 125 uh, biographical elements. Uh, it's digitally interactive, so it features, it spans history for over 4,000 years of our contributions. Again, it's international and multicultural. Um, I mentioned that it was digitally interactive, so you can use your phone to access the supplemental materials um, while you're looking at the wall. The wall has been on a national tour since 2015. It's gone to 36 cities, and um, it's been seen by almost 500,000 people uh, so the wall we had big plans for the wall this year because we were going to be it's almost never in chicago or in illinois mm-hmm. because it's always somewhere else in the country we were going to deploy the wall to largely downstate illinois to announce the coming of the new curriculum because mm-hmm. the wall has so many people on it that will actually be part of the curriculum and it's a marvelous marvelous teaching tool and great before i
1: have a you know and in, in the in these days of uh, straight washing of our education system by Betsy DeVos, how important <laughs> is this curriculum? And not only be- because, you know, she gets her marching orders from, you know, the orange man in chief. Um, how uh-huh. important is this curriculum?
2: Um, well, again, it's only in Illinois. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, there's, there are several things, and again, I'm always looking at high school through my old person's eyes. Right? Okay. Um, I do know that if you if you go through school and you never learn about anything about a person like yourself having done anything, um, you history isn't as relevant. Um, -hmm. and and what ends up happening is that the excision of people, you know, kids study Jane Adams today. They study Bayard Rustin. They, they know who these people are, but the fact that they were gay is never talked about.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and that's a disservice not only to the LGBTQ kids that are in the classroom, but also to the straight kids because it denies them an opportunity to understand, you know, what the real magic that exists in diversity, and especially, you know, legacies content, which is not about the history of the movement, and I'm not taking anything away from the importance of the history of the movement, but the movement's only 3% of our story. Our story is the story of humanity, the story of humanity and our contributions to it, Um, and that's the part that's been removed. So by creating a, a curriculum that allows kids to to study social work and humanities and arts and literature and computer science and military experience or athletes or, or anything like that. There isn't a single aspect of human history that does not have a queer person in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. There, there's some, even like I mentioned, father Michael judge, you know, the priest from nine 11, you know, was an openly gay priest. How many, how many of those are there? Um, and he paid the ultimate price for his service uh, to the to the New York Fire Department. Um, he has never talked about because it's not possible mm-hmm. to talk about him without mentioning that he's gay. Because you look look him up, it's it's, it's right there in the first Google search. set. he was he was so gay. His obituary is on the cover of the New York Times. Um, and but kids don't ever learn about this kind of a person. They don't learn that Frida Kahlo was bisexual. They don't learn that Josephine Baker was bisexual. They certainly don't learn about transgender people. Um, so the the role of the of the curriculum is really about being able to kind of close that circle finally and give kids some historic perspective for their existence. It's not a silver bullet. It's not going to solve all their problems. Kids are still going to be growing up in terrible families and it certainly isn't going to keep you know a, a, a trans person from being murdered I and mean, I have no delusions about that and certainly like with the, the rampant homelessness that that we have among uh, queer youth this is fairly low on the list of priorities right if you don't know where you're going to sleep that night I totally get that but the point is that all of our problems in society are a direct result of the fact that we have been written out of humanity's story. Mm
3: -hmm. If we had
2: never been written out of humanity's story, all of these things that have befallen us would never have happened because there would have been historical antecedents to justify why it would be wrong to do that to us. But because there were there was no belief that we mattered. We became very easy to write off. And with AIDS, we came very close to it. That was our Holocaust, you know, and the the political forces at the time were more than willing to let us die. We always talked about that. So, um, but if people grew up knowing that the the man who created computer science was a gay man, you know... and, and and you know so many incredible examples uh, you know I could just you know go on for hours on this but, but um, the truth of the matter is you know we've we have made contributions in uh, such enormous contributions that we have more than earned our seat at the table you know well, you know and, I, I, I
1: think that you know but although young people are you know they have because but they're looking for things and you know. I have met young people who I'm really surprised, like, you know, high school, early college age, who found out about, you know, for one part, like, their gay life started on the computer doing research and finding right. out about these people. And, and right. sometimes that's what helps them go on. I know I often tell people this story. I have met a young queer woman who had passed the building that had Ruth Ellis's name on it. I didn't realize that that was a real person until she had gone in and and then started to go and dig and read about it. And that, to me, is what is so important about the work that you're doing because we've come a long way, but some of the things, our kids still, you know, they are hungry to find out from where they came.
2: Oh, God, you know. yes. I mean, I've always said that our target our target market, <laughs> to use those mm-hmm. terms, is between mm-hmm. the age of 14 and 17. Mm-hmm. Those kids who are, who are accepting who they are and trying to find their place in the world are hungry to understand context. Mm-hmm. And because, they, you know, our community is really the only one that is not blessed with a built-in mechanism for intergenerational memory transfer. And that's a grand way of saying there ain't no gay grandpas out there uh-huh. are regaling their grandchildren um, with these stories and what's ended up happening is one of the reasons why we've ended up having to reinvent the wheel so many times is because our generational lessons have not gotten passed on from one group to another because there is very little interaction between older um, gay people and and younger gay people and one of the things that the Legacy Walk achieves is by casting it in bronze and putting it on the street, um, it circumvents that process. A young person walking down the street, if they are of a mind to, can stop and read. Without mm-hmm. having to go into a library and ask for an embarrassing book, without having to pay an admission to go see something, um, it's, just, it's simply there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk about what's the importance of of the curriculum. What I really want to see happen from it is I want want kids to stop killing themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a survivor of suicide when I was a teenager. Um, And if I had succeeded, none of this would be here. Right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's a, a lesson. You know, um, and I and I use my own story uh, when I do the guided tours and stuff. over... normally we talk about Alan Turing because his suicide.
3: Um, uh-huh. His
2: birthday is actually his birthday is on Sunday. Actually, um, uh-huh. uh, no, I'm sorry, not his birthday. His uh, the anniversary of his suicide is on Sunday
3: uh,
2: uh-huh. the seventh. Uh, his birthday is the 23rd, um, and I I feel like. Um, The world can really benefit from understanding that all of this, these boxed isms and things that we hold against each other and and all, uh, there's no reason for it. Everyone ultimately wants to contribute. Everyone wants to leave their mark. Uh, Very few people are born with an instinct to destroy. I think you really have to have a sociopathic kind of Uh super loose in order for that to become your mission, you know, um, and, and we, we've seen that writ large, right, um, coming out of Washington, and, Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like if we can begin to make being, we're more commonplace, and it already kind of is, I mean, high school environments, again, it's a regional sort of thing, i for sure, on the north side of Chicago, they have it much different than they do in the southern part of Illinois. Um, but I, I have met kids from all over, different kind of places, um, all different kind of backgrounds, and there isn't a one of them that is not fascinated to learn that people like them did anything. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really
2: important stuff. You know? And 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 that's that's what I hope to get out of there. If if I if I, you know, yes you how we're adapting to the current situation, um, all of our external facing assets are shut down. We cannot do guided tours of the legacy walk. I mean, Chicago's opening back up so some of this stuff might might change over the summer. But Heretofore, our tourism season begins normally in mid-March, and we haven't been able to schedule any tours of the Legacy Wall. And my guess is that this tourist, this season, is probably shot. You know, people are going to still be too worried about going out and doing that. Um, The Legacy Wall, which I said has been traveling the country, um, relies entirely upon interacting with people. Well, every installation we had scheduled for 2020 was canceled. Wow. I'll, I'll probably get them back in 2021, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, hopefully. But, you know, that's 50% of our revenue went bye-bye
3: when, when we left the legacy wall
2: for the year. Um, but it's still our responsibility, you know, to work on, like I said, the education program, which we're, um, we're working very diligently to make our teaching tools directly to the Illinois um, standards um, and to build the searchable database and a standalone website separate from our own website um, that will allow teachers to go and search either by standard or by the person's name or by the subject or by the grade in school or whatever um, and come up with these people that they can incorporate um, to make their lessons more inclusive. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about World War II if you don't talk about um, Alan Turing. Oh. Thank Trine's. you. Work uh, to break the Enigma Code um, made D Day possible. World War II would not have been won without D Day. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a virtual sort of thing, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a number of. Yeah, because
1: I was going to ask you, are you able to. Um, what are you able to do virtually? Um,
2: well, Q- I've, I've always I've always had um, a, a program that I have done for what we call Lunch and Learns. Corporations uh-huh. will have me come in, and it's like a 45-minute a presentation by 15 minutes of Q&A, so it takes place in a, a one-hour footprint. Um, that was already multimedia-based, so I've simply done some modifications to it, and that I will be doing um, in a webinar format. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that was a fairly easy thing. I'm still massaging it a little bit. Um, the first one this next week. Um, that, I've, that I'm have booked for, but I've got several booked for the month. Um, we're putting together a virtual tour of the Legacy Walk, which is going to pretty much be me, because everything's got to kind of fit into an hour footprint. Um, uh-huh. So it'll probably be like eight different sections of me talking about five people at a time hmm. this is where we take people through the Legacy Walk, and then I'll just be spending time, but. Um, What'll happen is instead of me just standing next to the plaque and talking, which is how I do a guided tour, it'll be me talking, but with multimedia. If we're talking about Billy Strayhorn, you're going to hear some Billy Strayhorn music. Mm -hmm. You're going to see pictures of Billy Strayhorn and Duke Ellington, that kind of thing. Where it'll be visual and and, you know, sort of sort of a more of immersive experience, and just doing it in small chunks though, because there's 40, it would take forever. But doing it like five at a time and hopefully people will tune in and and see that. Um, And then the the big lift that we're doing right now is we're translating each individual plaque, and remember, everybody already has a lesson plan. You know, we've been
3: building Mm this
2: education database for some time. Now we're building out sort of more elaborate 10-minute mini documentaries about each person to bring their story to life. Um, uh, Alan Turing's has done. I just finished Josephine Baker's. And I'm working on um, uh, Jane Adams right now, and Two Spirit people right now. Um, and what it'll be is you'll be able to, because all of our all of our assets, whether it's the Legacy Walk or the Legacy Wall, are digitally interactive. They all have a, a coding thing on them where you can have to scan the code, or if you have NFC technology on your phone, just tap your phone against it.
3: Wow. And it'll open up a digital portal in your phone so you can watch these videos. And then you can download the lesson plan and all, all that
2: other stuff is all, all there too. But we find, especially with young people, that there is um, a hunger for visual medium and all these lives uh-huh. are so interesting and so rich. Um, the biggest problem we have right now is that it takes a while to build a quality thing. You know, it's probably a, a good, solid two weeks of work and we already have the the core um history and research is done but you know our our installation on the legacy walk are by their very nature short they're only 300 to 350 words because we're limited by the amount of words you can get on a bronze plaque Mm -hmm.
3: so
2: Um, But the person's story is generally far more robust than 350 words worth. So we start out with the biography, and then we kind of fill in some of the stuff that we had to kind of gloss over a little bit and write in the biography to kind of flesh out that life and make that story more robust. And then we put it, we we look for all the images, we look for phone clips, we look for um, appropriate music, uh, and we assemble it together into sort of a chronological narrative that celebrates that life. Now, granted, all these people, for the most part, have had something similar done for them. we am not saying we're, you know, the only people that's ever done this before. The difference is that ours is tied directly to the lesson plan. What-
1: how do you determine, I mean, how do you, I mean, there's so many amazing people. Some of them are, are, you know, like in the news or whatever, and you hear about, but then there's these other people. How do you determine
0: who?
2: Um, well... We accept nominations from anybody. If you go to our website, there's a nominate someone button on every page. Um, mm-hmm. The majority of the ones that we have got into the system were sent to us. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes people shorthand it and just tell it to me over cocktails Have <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you thought of so-and-so kind of thing, but most of them have come from um, from just a person submitting a person's name.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it's sort of a... Building process. We have, John said, we're a very, very tiny organization. We only have like one and a half paid staff people. And Mm -hmm. um, so it takes an inordinately long period of time to do something that would take much less time if we had a bigger budget and and more people doing it. Um, Because volunteers can only do so much, they have to eat, right? Um, So, and also because L- legacy is really grounded in academic integrity. You know, we have an advisory group of like 30 historians and mm-hmm. everything we do has got to pass muster and has to be approved by the Chicago city council before it can go on the walk. And, um, so there's a very high bar of academic integrity that we have to meet. We can't just sort of make up stories or, or make fanciful tales. They actually have to be factually accurate um, and supportable with, with the, the research and the citations for it. But um, so what will happen is people will come to us, and I, you know, I have to say 90% of the people on the legacy in the database, I never heard it before.
3: Right. They
2: were all revelations for me. Um, and then we start the process, and it can take a while to actually, especially because some of our folks are so obscure it can be hard to find information. We have a lot of people that are sort of in the pool, but we haven't been able to find enough data to be able to assemble a cogent story that would stand muster. Um, so, uh, so you know, the database exists, and we add people to it on a regular basis. Um, And then we have a a body of people that's made up of librarians, historians, archivists, biographers, teachers, um, and these folks are from around the world, and they're our selection committee. And every few years, we pull up, we create a ballot, and they go through the entire database. And then based upon the field of contribution of that person, they vote as to whether or not that person is ready to become a plaque. That they've arrived at the point, point. And, and of course, that because we continue to add people to the legacy walk, people who are already in that position are then taken off that list, and people who are like below them rise up. Like for instance, uh, an example would be I, I've talked a couple of times about Father Michael Judge from New York. Mm-hmm. Immediately below him was um, I don't know how I don't know how old you are, but do you do you remember the singing nun?
1: From no. the 1960s. Oh, the T V show? Inic, Inic,
2: Inic. No, no, not the flying nun, the singing nun. Oh
1: right. Uh, no. she had, <laughs> in nineteen
2: six in nineteen sixty one um she she recorded a song called Dominique and it's a French a French uh tune. Uh,
1: okay. Dominique. Um, Dominique,
2: exactly. That 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 I, woman I, that I was woman, a kid,
1: okay. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I was a kid too in '61. Um, yeah, you know, but we didn't. I yeah.
1: went to Catholic school, and I remember singing that song. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Well, she was a lesbian. Really. And she left. She left the church in '72, yeah. and um, to be because she disagreed with the church's stand over reproductive choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and her story actually ends up very tragically and I won't, I won't give it away. No. go to the website to read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, but it's a fascinating story or as I tell people, not what you would have expected in the Debbie Reynolds version of, of her movie. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> was made. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, but because father judge was really always kind of at the top and she was below him. Now father judge is already on the legacy walk. So she's now a candidate for induction.
3: Oh, okay. Um,
2: so, so that's how, how it moves through, um, through the system. I can't say that, uh, this year, assuming we have a dedication, but it might be up to next year. We're adding, mm-hmm. um, Sylvester. Uh, um, okay. You remember Sy- Sylvester from, the Oh day?
1: yeah,
2: um, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah.
1: Not
2: <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Mercury, okay,
1: um,
2: and, uh, and Matthew Shepard will, it will be a historic milestone because the Matthew Shepard plaque will actually be called the legacy of Matthew Shepard. It's about the history of hate crimes, Mm -hmm.
3: um, Mm -hmm.
2: in, in in the United States and hate crimes laws. Um, and then we have a fourth that's sort of in play and that's, uh, Dr. Alan L. Hart, who, um, He pioneered the use of um, uh, radiography, X-ray technology, to diagnose Mm -hmm. tuberculosis uh, 20 years before the test for tuberculosis was discovered. And it is believed that a a million people's lives were saved because of the work of Dr. Hart in the 1950s um, and 40s. Um, What most, no one knows that Dr. Hart was transgender.
1: Wow. And
2: um, and that's the story that I really want to get on Legacy mm-hmm. Walk because it's it again it's one of those profound contributions um, mm-hmm. that uh, even people who study Dr. Hart in medical school do not know that he was trans. Wow. Um, so um, so that's so this year for us it's really about kind of taking our content and virtualizing it. Mm -hmm. You know moving it into multimedia format um, trying to be ready to resuscitate our other assets when the time comes Um, but legacy I'm very proud of because it is so multifaceted you know we obviously have the education program but we have the physical outdoor museum we have the traveling installation which gets rave reviews everywhere it goes um, in the country and uh, like I said it's 50% of our revenue Um, and now we're moving into the, the virtual sphere. We've got a very robust following on social media. Um, so the uh, the first two um, documentary pieces that we put together um, were for Alan Turing and Josephine Baker. And the mm-hmm. Josephine Baker one is actually debuting this week. Her birthday is, is uh, this coming Friday, June 5th. Um, so we're going to launch... The, the public is not aware of that. Our donors are aware that we've working uh-huh. on it, but the public is not aware of it. So we're going to launch that on social media, and I hope that um, then I hope that the putting these things out there will spur people to make donations because we're, we're oh. looking at a 70%, 70% revenue loss for, for the year. Unfortunately, uh-huh. um, wow. we had a really, really good year last year um, uh-huh. that is helping us ride out this year. Um, but, uh, the coppers are, you know, eventually they're going to dry up. my biggest fear is that we'll be okay for 2020, but we won't have anything left for 2021.
1: Um, so, you
2: know, I mean, I'm looking at the, you know,
1: mm -hmm. I'm looking at the one, I'm looking at today's and it has Vita Sackville West and I'm going like, wow, Hmm? wow. You know, I mean, it's just like, Mm -hmm. okay. I love history too, but also in hearing about, you know the different people who you talked about. Some of them I didn't know about, and like I said, and when I saw when I first saw it, there's a way that it makes you feel proud. It really, I guess, in some ways, you know, you you feel like you're a part of this bigger family, and it, it really, sure, I think it's something that makes makes you feel good. I mean, I feel even more empowered to do all that I I know I still have yet to do because. I'm standing on these people's shoulders,
2: oh sure. we're the latest we're not we're not the latest. I'm old, but the young people are the latest generation of a long line mm-hmm. of extraordinarily gifted people um who have mm-hmm. made great contributions um almost in in almost every respect without the support of a of an organized community around them,
3: mm-hmm.
2: certainly without a legacy project or Uh, any kind of radio assets or anything else, these -hmm. people really toiled. Um, And, you know, most of the people that, that are in our system were arguably closeted in their lives except to their closest associates because they lived in a time when it was simply not possible for them to exist and mm-hmm. be open you know we this open and out thing which is great i think everybody should be out of the closet but that is a luxury that we mm-hmm. we really take for granted you know 50 years ago if the, or even less um that gets killed mm-hmm. uh, and there's still some places in this country the world will get you killed talk to any mm-hmm. uh, trans person um so uh we need to so we look at history regardless of whether whether or not a person was open and out or whatever because their personal journey had its reasons um and it's also an, an important object lesson for kids because most of the kids we are dealing with yeah they may be on a field trip with their gay straight alliance or whatever and everything's fine but that is a very separate reality from what they're actually experiencing in the halls of their schools. And for every mm-hmm. kid that comes on our tours, we always ask them. Especially when we get to the the, the plaque, the pylon that is shared by Byard Rustin and Sally Ride. Byard was an openly gay man
3: mm-hmm. his entire
2: life. You know, Walt, you mentioned Walter, his surviving partner.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he shares a pylon with Sally Ride, who was a deeply closeted lesbian. They both had their reasons. And they both paid a price Mm -hmm. for the choices that they made. But if we, young people deserve to know Sally Ride was a lesbian, you know, to to not talk about her at all because she wasn't out during her life. I mean, she was out to her associates and and all that kind of stuff. She had her partner for 27 years, Tam O'Shaughnessy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they wrote several textbooks together, and they founded the Sally Ride Academy and all that. Um, so it wasn't that big of a secret, but she made a point of coming out in her, in her obituary. Well, when we talk about these two lives, we deliberately talk about them in contrast them to each other, the price each person paid for having chosen to live their lives the way they chose. And yet each made extraordinary contributions. And then I always ask them, how many of you know someone who wanted to come on this field trip but was too afraid to get their parents to, shan- to sign the permission slip? Mm. Every hand goes up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That, that reality is what connects you to every single person in history. You mm-hmm. guys are probably representing the last generation that will even know what the closet was. Kids are coming out when they're ten years old now. They're not even coming out. I know. They're just, mm-hmm. they're, just they're just coming into existence as who who they are, and if they're fortunate enough to be in in families. Um, that accept them, their their sense of reality is going to be entirely different than ours because they're not going to have negotiated the process of coming out of the closet of having to tell people of having to go through all that and having to live in fear. They're simply going to be who they are. It doesn't mean it's going to be an easy ride. It just means that they will have grown into their authentic selves from scratch and and not uh, having had to navigate um, the closet the way We all did certainly the way I did when Mm -hmm. I was a kid, and I was like, "And you think you think we're demanding now? Just imagine these young (laughs) people who who are going to how are they going to deal with second class status? You know, Mm -hmm. when they have always been that way. You know, they will demand the stuff we sheepishly ask for." Um, And you know, our, our our mission is to connect them to their history so that they have a reason to steward forward this work that's been done.
1: And, and, you know, and I think, too, you know, because most of us are born from straight parents, you know, having a legacy project, I, you know, sometimes I stop and I think back how maybe it would have been, and I've talked to, to, you know, straight parents who talk about, you know, well, they were so opposed to it. And you go like, well, why did you give me such a hard time? And they they talk about the fear that maybe Mm -hmm. if they saw, you know, that mm-hmm. your child could be as as fierce as Bayard Rustin but mm-hmm. as amazing and astounding as Sally Ride, That maybe that, mm-hmm. that will help them so that when that child comes to them, instead of saying, Oh my God, it's going to limit all your possibilities but it's mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, there are so many possibilities.
3: Oh, for
2: sure. And we've actually had um, a lot of really good conversations with parents. Um, I speak with PFLAG a lot, Mm -hmm. um, parents and friends of lesbians and gays. And Mm -hmm. the last meeting I presented to, um, I was sort of gobsmacked. Uh, I did my my thing, my presentation. uh, You know, I'm not trying to make short shrift of it. I'm just saying I just did my thing. Um, And then there was sort of a post-presentation conversation. And in all these people flag meetings, there's always someone or a couple of people there who are at their first meeting. They've just found out about their kid or whatever, and they're Uh struggling and, you know, so that's why they go to these meetings. And, um, and I happen to be behind the screen. I'm packing my stuff up and, you know, they're doing their thing. I, I, my part was done. And, um, and I listened to this one man, um, talking and 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 I, and I I just sort of stopped, and he said that he was um stunned to see that the presentation was about the legacy walk because his son took him to the legacy walk, and that's where he told him he was gay hmm. while they were looking at it, mm-hmm. and how how it helped him um, to see that. And, um, and, and, I'm listening to this and thinking, you know, it always feels like it's happening to somebody else. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I never go, Oh, I created the legacy. <laughs> who, who am I? It's never mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's been so hard to do. It has taken so many people and so many other people's money because Lord knows I'm poor as church mom. Um, it has taken so many other people, to be involved in it, to make it happen. It's very hard for me to feel like I own it. I mean, basically it would still just be an idea, right? What's <laughs> the problem? Of mm-hmm. um, to see that something that we collectively created has actually had an impact on a person's life so much so that they're willing to say, you know, he took me there to show me this thing and to use that as a pretext for telling me that he was gay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, think wow that's that's the kind of thing where i wish every city in the country had a legacy walk i I wish it wasn't even required honestly i suppose i wish it it just wasn't that big a deal because ultimately you know once you make peace with being gay the rest of life is still just annoying right
3: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you got to do work um you know it's not it's not a magical thing it it can be a lot of fun and you know there's fantastic people and a lot to learn and and lord knows our history is so unknown that no matter how old it is it'll always be new to somebody
3: (laughs) so Mm -hmm.
2: in that respect it's it's a a fun project to engage in and to to see people when they share that moment of revelation and, and they get so excited about it um but uh to know that it can actually have a beneficial um, impact um, on kids, you mentioned kids who are doing their research online and stuff. That's really why projects like this, not just ours, but any any of these projects exist, so that kids have some place to go to learn this information. Um, and hopefully now, boy being able to to do this inclusive curriculum and the fact that we have to create something that's going to work in both deep southern Illinois as well as northern Illinois, you know, southern tip of Illinois touches Kentucky. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have to have a curriculum that's going to work every place in the state. So I'm hoping that we will be able to craft something that can then become a model for some of the surrounding states, you know, um, because this this issue is going to come up everywhere. It's, Mm -hmm. It's only a matter of time.
1: So you know we are a you know, I mean I can see this. I mean this is a this is we are an amazing community, and the more that you find out about it, the more you go like, damn, we're an amazing community. I mm-hmm. have a question though. Sure. Has anyone ever like suggested to you an ally? And you know what makes me the, the person? One person who came to mind is like Harriet Hancock, who like. I thought she was gay and I thought that she wasn't because there's a Harriet Hancock LGBT center down in Columbia, South Carolina. Do you ever have someone bring up to you go like, you know, this is a phenomenal ally who's been with us like since day one. What do you say then? Is there a place for them? Is that like a, a sidebar? Uh, like, although the focus would be on LGBTQ people, but like these are people who maybe you should all also think about, or it where where do our allies fit in? Um,
2: right now, the the legacy project, the way it's constructed, is is really about kind of rescuing our own people from mm-hmm. obscurity. Um, mm-hmm. I'm well aware of the number of allies um, we have. The founder of P being one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the woman you just mentioned whose name just flew out of my head. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah and uh I want to say Evelyn Hooker, who um, worked at the Nacine Society. she was a psychologist or uh, a psychiatrist mm-hmm. um who did a, a groundbreaking study um that refuted basically the previous sixty years of of mm-hmm. uh, b s about gay people mentally um, mm-hmm. These are all extraordinarily important people. My goal had always been um and, and and it sort of still is, except that I'm kind of a, a realist. Maybe that's where you know I'm boom. many roads, but just going to, have to run mm-hmm. by somebody younger.
3: Um, mm-hmm.
2: But uh, I want to have a brick and mortar museum
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, that brings together artifacts. Um, it's sort of the, the last the last stop, you know, a brick and mortar museum combining the virtual stuff, the education stuff, the all these other elements together. Um, and in that museum I can certainly see there being a hall of allies or a, a, a wall of allies or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And in all likelihood, if I, had, if I was a, a, a betting person within five years, it will probably be um, a section of the Legacy Project database that will be dedicated to allies, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but the Legacy Walk, and the legacy wall are really intended to shine a light on our contributions to history. And I don't think Mm -hmm. um, all the allies that we've mentioned, they would be the first ones to say yes. To
1: tell you that. Exactly.
2: Yeah, they're the first ones to tell you that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that their own contributions um, do not merit mention. And I do think that uh, in many ways um, they are our connection, to mm-hmm. you know, straight brothers and sisters. So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, so, yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I think one of the biggest mm-hmm. issues that we have, again, uh, on like a broken record, is that we're a really tiny, tiny organization.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: To have as large a footprint as we have and to have as many assets as we have, people probably think we have 20 people working for us. We are a tiny organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of this stuff, I think, from an idea standpoint, would evolve faster if we simply had more people. Mm-hmm. Um, more money and more people working on it, um, and and that's you know uh, one of the things that started to begin to change last year because of mm-hmm. landmark status and everything. We it actually was a really banner year from a donation standpoint mm-hmm. um, for us, and I was really hoping to capitalize on that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: that's one we of the projects kind of we can pulled
2: out from us. You know,
1: uh-huh. that's one of the projects we can put on the back burner for one of these young people who have grown up with being. Being an ally and being queer—I mean, it's just like no big deal. And you say, "Well, hey, you know, this this is your project, uh-huh. you know, that would are doing." So, uh-huh. how do we support it? I mean, I've been watching, and um, and I, I feel like guilty. Okay, if I give to this person, because you know, like this month you've been showing—I mean, you've been showing different people and how to so, you know make a donation, and and sometimes I think, "Oh, if I give to this one, I shouldn't give to that one." And, well, how do how? What's the best way? for someone to support the Legacy Project financially? I mean, because, hey, let's be real. We want, you come up a banner year, but, you know, you've got this downtime, and we need to make sure that the funds are there so that this very important work can continue. What's the best way?
2: Um, I, I would say just go to the website, which is www.legacyprojectchicago.org, um, mm-hmm. and click the Donate button. You know, and give whatever mm-hmm. you can afford. Um, all donations are one hundred percent tax deductible. Um, mm-hmm. So you got that going on. If that that's important, mm-hmm. and um, and every little bit helps. You know, our for you know we started out with the, some people are always gobsmacked by this. We started out with four hundred bucks on a coffee table,
3: mm-hmm. oh, um,
2: right. and we, we've never gotten a major grant. Um, and we've. We've never, we don't have an endowment. We've raised mm-hmm. about $2 million in 10 years. Um, the average contribution is 50 bucks. So mm. we're fortunate that we have a lot of loyal donors who are not necessarily deep-pocketed, um, uh-huh. but uh, continue and to consistently give to us. We've got a few monthly donors, um, but we don't have like a monthly donor program. There's all kinds of things that we need to develop as an organization um, that we're just behind on because we don't have an, enough money to hire a development director. Uh-huh. Um, so when I'm, when I'm busy, you know, like all these videos and stuff that we're making right now, the only reason why we can afford to do it is because I'm the one making them. Mm-hmm. We don't have any money to pay somebody else to make them for us, <laughs> so if I have to mm-hmm. do that and everything else. <laughs> it takes a while, you know. <laughs> There's only so much, so many hours of the day uh, to work on this stuff. So, um, so it's, it's not only the money, but you know, if, if people have um, very keen skill sets and want to, you know, if, especially if they've got a, a strong. Um, uh, video and audio uh and powerpoint background um and they're interested in taking on one of these things like i said they'll start going public on on friday um mm-hmm. and they'll begin to see you know a glimpse of the kinds of things that we're trying to do um really thoughtful interesting inspiring pieces about these people um, the, i'm I, i'm really fond of the the one for touring and i love the way the one for. Um, Josephine Baker turned out. It's, it's uh-huh. really lovely. Well, um, I can't wait to
1: see so, them. You know,
2: so hopefully we'll do more. Um, but you know the all goal ultimately is uh, everybody. You know they'll, 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 the whole database will have one. But it takes a while to do these things, and you don't really have very much money. So
3: uh-huh. um, so
2: you know you know it's not that we're we're poor. We're actually honestly in a much better position than a lot of charities are right now. You know my heart breaks for all charities because. Um, you got 40 million people out of work. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, the the everybody's being impacted by this, certainly not just us. That's why I'm saying we, we had a good year last year and we we're able to ride on that. So I'm not making a real big deal out of the fact that, that we have all this revenue loss that I've been talking about. Um, I haven't even, mm-hmm.
3: even mentioned it
2: hardly at all to, to most people. Um, but uh, yeah, I think about, performing arts groups that rely upon revenue from shows,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: you know,
2: it's, it's tough. It's tough everywhere. You know, and fortunately legacy is a very lean operation. You know, we don't, our overhead is very, very scant. We don't have a building. Mm -hmm. We don't have an office. We don't have a staff, particularly we've got the one and a half employees. Um, but, uh, you know, so we're able to tread water, in a way that's easier than a lot of other organizations are. So, um, so you know, it's all it's all relative, I guess. But yeah, people uh, see value in this mission. Yeah, for sure. So oh, I have
1: to tell you, and if uh, anything, I mean, gets, if
2: anything gets fascinating, the information is fascinating. I
1: oh, I mean, I mean, you know, really, I mean, you know, you have like to me because I love history and I love finding about people. I love storytelling. I mean, to me, you've got the dream shop, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I mean it's everything, but the money, <laughs> everything, but the money. So I have I have a, I have a, uh, a question. It I was, so, you know, I'm doing my stuff, reading about it. And it says that you're a designer by trade and an activist in your downtime. When do you have downtime?
2: Um, well, I, that is a little on the old side, because I don't have <laughs> much downtime anymore. I, I, I work about a hundred hours. About a hundred hours a week, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, there, it, it's interesting. You know, I work from home anyway, so this sequester in home business, uh, my mm-hmm. life hasn't really changed a whole hell of a lot, except for the fact mm-hmm. that I don't get to see my family and friends, and I have to wear a mask mm-hmm. to go to the grocery store. Um, mm-hmm. My day to day existence hasn't changed a whole hell of a lot, and I I, I try to avoid the news as much as possible.
0: Um mm-hmm. because
2: all it does is, is make me angry and upset, um and uh about things that I honestly have no control over. And it's not possible for me to get to be have any more resolve politically that I already have,
3: <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you, know,
2: you know, so making me even angrier and more anxious is not going to change anything. All it's going to do is, you know, give me heart attack. Um, so I avoid the news, and I just kind of throw myself into my work. And it's fortunate if I had to say any about thing about this It's fortunate that because the legacy walk in the wall are also time demanding, and now I'm not doing that it's given me time to work on these video projects and the education uh-huh. work, which is uh-huh. really fascinating to me and, and really important. So, um, I, in that respect, I'm blessed because I'm still mm. doing something that
1: I love. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it is, it is, it's just, it's amazing. Um, I want to thank you. I mean, I, we have, we have gone, you know, I'll probably stretch this. I might even make this into two to two shows because this is just so fascinating. I love what you're doing. I mean like I said I oh, I pers- heard a
2: ball talking to you. It was so fun.
1: Yeah. I mean really, I have personally been inspired by the walk and I'm I was today, you know, I am in, in inspired by what you said. And as we go through this period of time and you know, sometimes you have to have a moment like, How do I how do I continue? And mm-hmm. how do I go on? How do I do it? You know, and it's like because that's what we do. You know, that's what, well, it that's
2: is what, what we, we do. It is what we do. You know, it is what we do. Yeah. And we, you know, we haven't released like an official statement about anything going on yet because not that we don't have an opinion, but I've been trying to figure out exactly how I wanted to do it. I didn't want to say just the same stuff that everybody Mm -hmm. else is saying, you know, we stand with the protesters and Black Lives Matter. I mean, all that stuff's kind of obvious. Um, But I I think what I'm I'm going to put together, I think, is some quotes from some folks. Barbara Mm -hmm. Jordan and Mm -hmm. uh, Audre Lorde and James Baldwin, all these people lived through some of the most horrible times in U.S. history and still managed to have hope. Um, and that's what I think our message is probably going to be about—that we can learn something from
3: these mm-hmm. folks
2: um, and yeah. share it. So that's that's what I've been I've been playing around with instead of just staying yeah. obvious and like everybody else mm-hmm. is doing, but really looking to some really inspirational stuff because we've got a lot and of fascinating people.
1: It, and you know, and to use your word, it's like our legacy that we have stood in these mm-hmm. really hard times, but as we stood in them. We have shown the world how to be more human, mm. how to be compassionate, how to work together, how to care about each other, and and that's mm. part of our legacy. You know,
2: it is. that's who our shared are. legacy. So we are. Right. That, We've been at the forefront of almost every social justice movement that's ever been. So
1: you know, that's, I often tell people, you know, because that's also, you know, write. You know, if maybe it will be through your words, through poetry. Maybe it will be through mm-hmm. a play that you that you do. Maybe it'll just be by your body being out there on the street walking next to someone right? and then recognize, hey, this person is, is mm-hmm. queer, but we're walking mm-hmm. the same path. So, you know, we're it's walking just the like, same walk, right? Mhm. Right.
2: Right, right.
1: Well, I'm ready for this stuff well, to be done so I can get over to Chicago. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, you yeah, got you if know, you come, you got your job, so I'll give you a guided tour. <laughs> Okay, walk.
1: you know, really, I mean, it's like so many people who I know and I see, like, and I open up the the is Mary Martin, I'm going like, you know, yeah. you know so many things, yeah. so many people that I know that yeah. that inspire. We're very that fortunate.
2: That
1: yeah, you we've know? got a
2: lot of really good friends. So um, you know, yeah, it, 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 I work it, it, with Mary it, it, all it, the it. time. Mm-hmm. Mary's organization, ours are are working on the education program mm-hmm. together. So oh, cool. Um, so yeah.
1: So well, I've, I've got some, some, some listening and some editing to do with this. Um, okay. I mean, I'll let you know when I'm re- I'm ready to, to to have it up. This is part of my whole, you know, like to me and to do pride is like, okay, I want to talk something different about pride than what we usually talk about pride, you know, but what, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. is, what is, what is, when we say pride, the pride is our legacy. And so mm-hmm. that's why I knew I had, we have
2: a lot to be proud of. Oh, we have a lot to be proud of. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Of. Oh, yeah. You know, but you know, I'll give you, I've given you an air hug now. You know, I'll do the elbow bump mm-hmm. when I see you, you know. But, <laughs>
2: yeah, um, very good. But, uh, that's. You know. I think the hardest thing about all this for me is I am such a hugger. I'm Italian I and I grew up. <laughs> In a family where you just, you hugged, you hugged and you kissed, mm-hmm. and it's like lack of human contact is driving me mm-hmm. crazy.
1: You know, so, so I'm sending you the air hug. I'll do the elbow bump Okay, bumps or whatever you. we can do, Thank hey, we'll, both, we'll scrub down and hand sanitize <laughs> and go in. <laughs> and, uh, and, just, and just go for it. But you stay well. Just, you stay safe. Okay.
2: Do <laughs> to you too, and I'm looking forward to hearing it. Should be oh, okay. great. Okay.
0: I want to thank my guest, co-founder and executive director of The Legacy Project, Victor Salvo. The Legacy Walk in Chicago is the world's only outdoor LGBTQ history museum and Chicago's newest historic landmark. Although not traveling now, The Legacy Wall is an interactive exhibit that can bring LGBTQ history to a venue near you. The award-winning Legacy Project is committed to challenging the social and cultural marginalization of LGBTQ people. Victor Salvo was Chicago Chairperson for the 1987 National March on Washington Committee This committee led an estimated 5,000 Chicagoans to the nation's capital. The legacy project was inspired the first time the Names Project AIDS Memorial Quilt was shown at this national march. I could have literally talked to Victor Salvo all night. He, in and of himself, is a national treasure to the LGBTQ community. If a trip to Chicago is on your agenda, be sure and visit the Legacy Walk and support the Legacy Project. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. If you want to listen to my first conversation with Victor Selver or any of our past episodes of the show, you can hear them on Google Play Music, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of your intersectionality, and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.